It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. the go birds podcast presented by parks sportsbook and casino and elliot that game sucked and you know what we'll get it out of the way right at the top we'll get into all of it but you know who else sucked today carson wentz sucked today he played a, a flat out bad football game and i thought doug peterson had a bad game the defense had a bad game in a what ray dinger Termed a must-win game in the second week of the season, considering the schedule coming up. They came out flat. They showed up small. They weren't able to get anything done. Wentz threw one of the worst picks I've ever seen him throw, considering the situation and the the body mechanics and all of it combined, like, and the target he was throwing to. I mean, Jesus, trying to fit a a ball into a double team on J.J. Arthago-Whiteside. What are we doing, Elliot? I'm angry, and I can see this season slipping away before our eyes, and it is, uh, it's tough, man. Today was tough. Today was tough. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, so <laughs> Well said. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. All right, we're yeah. done. That's we'll get out of here now. We'll get out of here now. So I, I definitely want to get into Carson, obviously. Um, I actually am going to be pretty critical of Doug today, too. Uh, I think you. he deserves Thank quite you. a bit of blame for this. Yes. Um, and then, obviously, the defense. uh is what I led my post-game takeaways with, um, just because the way they started. But what I will say is, look, I'm still sitting here. I'm at the link. Uh, you know, there's obviously no fans because there weren't any, all, all game. But what surprised me about this was how you could really feel the energy being sucked out of this team as the game went on. And like normally, you feel that when the stadium's crowded, right? The fans are upset. They're booing. You can like feel the tension of the moment rising. I spent a lot of time today watching the sideline because this game was frankly out of control, right? So um, looking at the sideline, this team is lost. Like this team is not a team that I have seen from a Doug Peterson team in years. I mean, maybe honestly not even 2016. Uh, there was one portion of the game today, I forget what the exact score was, but I think they were down. It was early on when they were really getting kind of you know shellacked. Uh, I looked at the players sitting on the bench and none of them were talking to each other. Like, and there weren't like coaches or anything. They were just like sitting there in silence, not talking. And it just, 
the feeling that you get being around the team and in a COVID world, I don't get to go in the locker room. I don't get to like, you know, kind of feel that part of it. But even in an empty stadium, you could feel from the sideline, this team is not in a good place right now. This is, they have major, major issues. And we'll, we'll start and we'll talk about all of them, right? Carson, the defense, all that. But, but this team is in a, a bad place. They're just in a really bad place. And I thought that showed today, like, it reminded me of that loss to the Vikings last year where it was just over from the jump. It was like, this looks really bad, like straight up. Like they just went right down the field. Boom, boom, boom. That was what happened today. And you don't see that fight from them. I mean, if Cooper Cup doesn't fumble that ball, this game is even worse than it was, right? Like they were gifted one touchdown. You take that touchdown away and the final score is 37 to, I guess they went for two. To be so. fair though, Miles Sanders gifted minutes, uh, gifted, um, Gifted not as the much Rams much. their first. I mean, not well, quite not, as, not as, as deep in territory and stuff, but just to be fair. But look, I know what you're saying, and I agree, but I, that's why I, th- I mentioned that interception at the top, and we'll get into all wins. But that's why, like like you said, they played like dog shit, like just like dog shit for the first, you know, half of the game essentially and, and got that lucky play at the end. And then, you know, the defense get to stop and they have a chance. Like there's a chance here to to kind of maybe swing some momentum. And look, the Rams were just better. I, I don't think this ultimately would have mattered. I never at any point watching this game felt like the Eagles were the better team. But well, can I interrupt but you? Really they quick? had a ch- real quick. I'm okay. I'm almost done. My point is yep. that interception killed any chance they had. After that, the game was truly over. So what I want to ask you off what you said, you said the Rams were just clearly better. Today, obviously, that's the case. But my question today, is coming. Yeah. Yes, today. But do you think they're considerably better overall? Like what, what I couldn't decide watching was, no, look, probably the worst person out there in an Eagles uniform slash employee today was Jim Schwartz. Like Jim Schwartz got absolutely demolished by Sean He got his Bay. pants like, taken off. Like he got pants in high school right. and he's sitting there with red cheeks. I mean, early on, like Rams players were just wide open. And I don't know if it came across like this on TV. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't pretty on TV, but watching it here in the stadium, it was unreal how much green were around like grass green, not Eagles green. Sorry. But when, when Rams players caught the ball, they were wide open. Like they had room to move. Like they were designing plays where guys were getting the ball a in stride, which is an important note as we talk about Carson later, but guys were getting the ball in stride. They were open. They could make plays after the catch. The Eagles defense looked like they had no idea what was hitting them. Like they looked completely unprepared. They were biting on all types of fakes. They just, they looked really bad. And you know, when, when you fall behind 21 to three, you have to have a team that has fight. And again, looking on the sideline, this team has no fight. I don't see players that care. They look disinterested out there to me. I've seen sidelines where the team's losing, right? The Eagles do fall behind early. That is one thing that Doug Peterson's teams do. So I've seen where they're behind like 17 to three and they claw back, right? This wasn't that. This was kind of, they lucked into making it a game for a little. I, I was just blown away at the sideline atmosphere of this team and even on the field, really. I mean, they, I don't, I didn't think they put up a lot of fight on the field either. So why I ask you about the Rams thing is, do you think the Rams are a more talented team or do you think this was like a coaching slash culture to not to bring up Chip Kelly, especially today? Both. I think it was everything. I think it was all of it, you know? And and I think it was more Look, Jared Goff was way better than Carson Wentz today. Flat out, there ain't no question about it. And Sean McVay was way better than Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz, and there was no question about it. I mean, and 
when you lose as handily as you do in those two phases of the game. And then on top of it, your defense stinks out loud. Like you said, just a, a real horrendous performance where, you know, they got a couple stops and, and maybe if the offense could have put the ball in and momentum could have switched, maybe it could have been a little different, especially without fans there to kind of give them that energy and all that. But it was just a failure on every level. And again, the reason it's so particularly disappointing and is is that you know you're coming off that that embarrassment in Washington, you know, where you were up seventeen nothing and then you fritter the game away and then you're coming home against a team coming across the country who you've beaten twice in the last three years. And you and you again, I hate to curse again, but get ready for it. You shit the bed. And uh, um you know, it's just it's a it's infuriating. Today was infuriating infuriating and then like you said i think the bigger implication of it is that you look at what you saw today you look at what happened in week one you look at the way everyone's reacting to it and you look at all the turmoil we've talked about heading into the season and the earth contract and the doug stuff and this and that and you're just like you know what this feels like a season that that is likely falling off the rails and could be really bad like that's that's the feeling right now yeah, and what what's surprising to me is so they fall behind early, and then obviously against Washington, as we know, they were up early and then blew it from there. So at one point, they had been scored forty eight to three by Washington and the Rams. And I think going into this season, we could have made the argument maybe Los Angeles finishes finishes with a better record than the Eagles. The Eagles, but I don't think you would have said either of those rosters are better than the Eagles roster coming into the year, right? I mean, you could again sure. you could maybe. Maybe debate Los Angeles, but 40, certainly not 48 to three. Like that, that's a coaching thing to me. And like, all right, I, let, let, let's take it. Let's say a thing by thing. We're going to get into each okay, of these things, right. but let's start with Doug. Cause I think that's a really good place. Doug and Schwartz, obviously, but, but Doug, I was more critical of Doug last week than you were. I am again today saying the same thing I said last week that I thought Doug had a bad game today, a bad game plan, some really questionable in-game decisions, which I usually don't doubt Doug on. Again, going for two there in that spot that early in the game made absolutely no sense to me. And in that spot where you're trying to come back, you're down seven instead of eight later. If, if you, if you, you know, right. just kick the extra point, it just was so early for that. But I like that call. I actually. was fine. Like it was like, I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I, I didn't like, I certainly didn't love it is my point. Like I definitely disliked it more than I liked it. Like, again, like what's the difference? Like, is it really that big a deal to get to 10 points there instead of 11? I mean, what's the difference? You're going to have to get a two point at some point. Like why get, why go for it that early? Like, well, my argument just hamstrings your options. My argument for going for it would have been like just the boost it would have given you emotionally. But I also think you can make the argument you just scored a touchdown. So like you already kind of have that boost and then you take away some of that momentum by not getting it. Take points, man. You're down 21 or whatever it was at that point, 21 to three, get some points, like take the points. But regardless, I thought Doug had a bad game. He was one of the first things you mentioned at the top when we were talking about this. Talk to me about why you thought Doug, how Doug failed today. So I thought there were two main reasons Doug really failed today. The first, we'll talk about the game plan. I thought just the difference between Sean McVay's offense and Doug's offense was crystal clear. Now It was astounding to watch. It was astounding. Now, I will say, like, it's hard to run any offense when, you're car- when your quarterback can't hit simple throws. Like, Carson's accuracy was atrocious today. And I know he was, we, we talked— He talk- was horrible. We'll get to Carson. He was horrible. Yeah. 
So, but and from that regard, like the Eagles' offense looks like it's constantly just running into a brick wall. Like they, they 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 either run the ball or they try to do like a throw over over the middle short to like a tight end, right? And we talk so often about how this team overcorrects, right? And you know you see it in some of their personnel moves, you see it in that stuff. Last week, they're like no matter what, throwing the ball down the field, just straight chucking it down the field, right? Jalen Rager, Deshaun Rager, like they're throwing it down the field. Another one to Deshaun. Today, they don't take a single deep throw. Now, maybe that's the defense, but if you're going to be a team in all offseason, you're telling me, we're, you know, speed kills. This is who we are. We're going to be a track team. Like, we're going to be a big explosive play team. Then you can't just in week two have a defense completely take it away from you, right? You have Deshaun Jackson. You have Jalen Rager. You have to get these guys the ball. Now, maybe that's, you know, I'll have to go back and watch it. Live, to me, it didn't look like, there were plays to be made that Carson was passing over. I don't even think I saw guys run down the field, to be quite honest. like that's And look, a- he threw it away a few times in spots where he didn't last week. Like, there were spots where he threw it away, which which was good. Obviously, he was horrible. But, like, in, in certain spots, he did throw the ball away because there was just nothing there. And, I, look, it's sad that we got to the point where the second game in the fifth year of Carson's career, everybody's like, oh, nice, he threw it away. Like, that's an improvement. <laughs> Right, like that—that's sad. But the so, <laughs> all, right, all right, don't rub it in, all right. Well, so so to me, the other thing before I move on with Doug is it was just apparent to me how much more creative Sean McVay is. Like there were, yeah. you know, there were end arounds. There were like just different types of guys uh, moving guns. all the time, yes. motion. Like Jared got, like you said, like guys streaking where he had multiple options and someone was always wide open and they yep. ran the ball on us. It, I, it just yes. And so, and so yes. When, the, when the Eagles started making that comeback. I, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? Like, this Rams team isn't that good. Like, I know they jumped out early, but, like, the defense had settled down. I was like, this game is there to be won. And then you end up losing 37-19. to 19. Like, that's coaching to me. And Howie, obviously, as well, plays a role in this. But I thought the main reason they lost today was coaching. And then the second part of the reason I really blame Doug for this is, honestly, like, the culture. If we're going to say for the first four years of Doug's career that he's so good with the locker room, that this is such like a you know a team that always fights right they bounce back from losses well if he's going to get credit for that then he has to get blamed for how his how his team performed today they showed no fight they were out of it early and that I know they're a new roster they're just getting to kind of know each other if you think about the fact that they didn't have any OTAs that's not an excuse but I'm just saying they are still a relatively new group of guys and that's why coming into this game I said you know this idea that they were going to bounce back, like I got to see it from this group of guys. Like there was so much changeover with this team, and they showed no fight today, and that falls on Doug. You are a hundred percent correct about that. And look, that's what I base my thought on them winning this game on the fact that that they would bounce back. That I believe that Doug, as we had talked about, as you just talked about, had created something where. You know, they were resilient and they and they would fight back after tough losses and all that. And they showed none of that today. Like you said, even when they got back in the game, it was all luck for the most part. You know, a couple of defensive stops, which were yeah. few and far between. But, you know, I, I mean, it was just you're 100 percent right. Like not only did Doug and Jim get out schemed today across the board consistently, but on top of that, like you said, I think the, the biggest critique of Doug today is that his team showed no fight. And mm-hmm. that's what makes me so concerned about the chances for this season to, to be anything at this point. Because, man, like, as I said it before, I mean, just the situation they were in, like, they just didn't show up at all. And I'm sure, look, there are teams that have had Ruffo and two starts that 
that, you know, maybe don't look that great early on and then rally and find something and, and become a playoff team. But it just it's hard to envision that with this group right now, Elliot. That that's that's the yeah. feeling. Like it's hard to envision it. Let's 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 get to Carson. Um let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean look, like like I said at the top, I mean, he was just bad today. You mentioned the accuracy, and I'll, I'll let you, you know, kind of talk about everything you saw, especially down there and seeing the field completely differently that we got to, you know, really what he was missing on. But at least to me on TV, he looked tight. He looked like he was overthinking every decision, and his accuracy was off. I mean, a couple of those, the third and five floater was just like, what a awful, horrendous throw. Mm-hmm. And and he didn't get some help at times. Like there were certainly some drops. The the Ortega Whiteside drop early on. Goddard had a drop, but man, I mean, and again, not to to harp on one pass, but it just felt like such a a pivot a pivotal. And again, they probably would have lost it cost, anyway. It cost them the game. But it like you could argue that was the absolute turning point in the game that, that yep. made it play out the way it did. Like, and it was such a horrible throw. What fifth year NFL quarterback? makes that throw to J.J. Arthago Whiteside. Like, it's just, I like, I, it was a horrible performance from Carson Wentz, one of his worst of his career as far as I'm concerned, like high up there, especially considering the situation and the stakes. Um, it was bad, Elliot, and I'm not yeah. out. I'm not out. Like, I still see the tools and stuff there, but, like, he's not getting us uh, – He's not giving us Carson Wentz backers a lot of ammunition right now at this particular moment. So I'm happy you brought up Carson after Doug instead of the defense because I really think they are very much attached. And that's why I would also probably put Doug as a top reason for this loss. Like Carson Wentz has regressed. I know everybody thinks that I've always thought Carson's trash and everyone thinks I hate him. But like that was not the case. I mean, I just think you gave him a lot of credit at the end of last year, like a lot of credit. Right, like, but Carson, like, the quarterback I've seen these first two games has regressed from what he was. Like, he is not, at at the very least, he's not improving. And that also falls on Doug. Like, Doug's the head coach. Doug is really the quarterback guru. Like, that was what Doug was built at. The reason he is here and the reason they hired a quarterback as their head coach is to develop Carson. And early on, that looked good, right? In 2016, he improved. And obviously, I think overall, we'd agree he had a good rookie year. 2017, we all know what he was. I don't think injuries are a big of excuses as you do, but whatever. What wipe away 2018. And then 2019, he takes him to playoffs. So you can say, okay, like maybe this guy is somewhat improving. But he's regressed. Like he does not look good out there. And to me, he looks like this is a mental thing. I thought that the throw to JJ, it was not a throw you should make. But if you look at kind of like so ESPN does this thing where they 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 do dots and it kind of like shows how the plays develop. And if you look at it from my perspective, it seemed like Carson just tried to really fit it into a window that was only there for a very brief second. Like, yeah, and 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 off his like front foot, like yes. leaning backwards, just pure arm strength alone. Like it was such a. Yeah. It was like and, if you're gonna throw that pass, like, if you're gonna take that risk, fine. Like have you? And he was he wasn't being pressured at that point. Like have your body set and make a throw. You know. Yeah. And again, and, I hate so, the decision. Anyway, I'm not. I thought it was a horrible decision to throw it to begin with. But on top of that, like, have your body set if you're going to make that throw. I thought that was like a gunslinger throw where, like, he's he's just trusting his arm at that point. But it's just a, 
it's a terrible decision. A, because the chances of that play happening are just so slim. Like, let's even say you get it through that minuscule window at the exact same right moment. And I get that you can't sit there and say, like, oh, I'm not going to throw it to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. But the chances of that play being completed are just extremely slim. It's first down. You have momentum. You're driving. Like, there's so many options there. You could have ran. Doug said today in the postgame presser that, you know, he could have thrown that ball away or he could have ran. And I think what really sticks out about how bad Carson was was the first thing Doug mentioned when he's up at the podium <laughs> trying so hard to, like, not rip his quarterback is he thought he did a great job managing the run game. Like, well, and, you know, and, and look, and, and you brought this up, and I kind of poo-pooed you on the pod, the last pod we did at the pregame pod, that Carson never really runs. And, and there were a few spots today where he had open field. Yeah. He could have run, and he didn't. And it, and it stuck out to me more, I think, because we had that discussion. It wasn't something I would have thought about maybe quite as much. Obviously, you notice it, but it's – look, he, he – that's a, a yeah, really did, valid criticism. Yeah. The other thing with Carson today, and I think this is a problem he's had for a long time, but it, it has also regressed to make it from like where just, you know, the quote unquote Carson haters recognize it to everybody recognizing it. His accuracy is atrocious. Like after watching even Jared Goff today, after watching like Joe Burrow, right? Like you see these young quarterbacks, like Joe Burrow is a rookie. He just came in the league when I watched him on Thursday night. These passes are, like, on the money, hitting people in stride. Carson almost never hits anybody in stride. Like, there's balls he completes, but if you look at where his receivers are catching the ball— It's a a fair point. It's, you know, and and that's a key part of Doug's offense, right? Like, for all the flaws that Nick Foles had as a player, one of the reasons he did well in Doug's offense is he hits guys in stride when he's on. Like, guys don't have to adjust. And today, I mean, just play after play, like— I can only think of one one throw, really, the the Sanders wheel route throw that, yeah, that was, was like a perfect dime on the money, letting someone catch it and run with it. Like maybe there was another that I'm um not remembering. He's wide it. open on that play. Yeah, it, uh, this I think this is particularly in today's game was a really uh, a very apparent issue. Like it was, I, it was bad. I thought the, I thought the other to me like the play that really symbolizes what's wrong with this team right now and really has been for a while is I don't remember what down it was. It might have been a third down or a fourth down, but he throws it to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and J.J. has to kind of like go down to get it and reach behind him, right? And so the ball hits J.J. in his hands. He should catch the ball. It's a drop. I agree. But again, like the ball, these guys are like reaching back. They're they're extending themselves. He almost got Jalen Rager killed twice today, like making Rager yeah, go up. The I ball. was gonna bring that up a second ago when we were talking about, it, but like particularly that second one, it's like, dude, like you can't put and and Jalen Rager real quick while we get on him there is like, what a tough kid. I mean, yeah. he yeah, took those real. hits. That He's first legit. one was like, and that and that second hit like popped right back up. Like I was really, especially already having the shoulder injury, really impressed with his toughness. But but go on. No, yeah, I, I think Jalen Rager's a positive for today. He's legit. But um, with Carson, like these are throws he should make. These are throws any quarterback should make. But they're definitely throws that quarterbacks that got one hundred thirty-seven million dollars should make. Like. I think Doug's the top reason that they lost. I think Jim Schwartz is right there with him. Like coaching to me was one of the main issues. But if you're talking about just players on the field, Carson was the worst player on the field for the Eagles today. Like the defensive struggles were more scheme and like being out coached. I wouldn't say, I mean, Nate Gary had actually a pretty bad game. But Nate like, Gary was. 
bad, yeah, man. Yeah, he was really bad. But Nate Gary makes like eight hundred thousand dollars. No, like I Nate agree. Gary, but yeah. look, that's that. Back to that's why uh, you know we're not going to dive into the Howie thing too much, Jake. It's you know we'll get there. there we're going to have a lot of time for this type of stuff. But but it's an example of on an overarching scale. We're just talking about what we saw on the field today. But on an overarching right. scale, Howie deserves a lot of blame for these issues as well. And that's why, like, the whole rolling out thing, I agreed with it, like, he should do it. But I thought it was, like, me and you disagreed on it. Like, I thought it was slightly overblown just because you cannot run an offense when your quarterback is not an accurate passer. Like, it just can't happen. Carson is not an accurate passer. Whether, And I don't know why. I mean, I know there was kind of a knock on him coming out. But, like, he's just not. Like, you watch him out there. These balls are all over the place. Like, he sails a ball to Zach Ertz that's, like, 10 yards over his head uh, in the flat. I mean, there's just example after example today where – and Doug said it after the game, the offensive line was fine. Like, for all the worry we had about Aaron Donald, like, Aaron Donald, I don't think I saw his name called a single time. Like, Carson a couple had, of times, but you're right. For the most part, the offensive line did a great job with that. Yeah, Car- Carson had time. Like, it was not not the offensive line's fault. And there were some drops by the receivers. I mean, I mentioned the JJ one, which, again, not a great throw. But I thought the main reason the offense struggled was Carson. And, like, so early on when the defense is struggling – the off like this is supposed to be an offensive team like they have an offensive head coach they have a franchise quarterback they as a franchise they value offense the defense is struggling like the offense gets the ball back in between those things like they're allowed to also go and score and like maintain drive to get things going so i thought that once again they put the defense in a short field with that miles sanders fumble um he improved as the game went on but obviously not ideal early on for uh, him to have that fumble but the eagles have a big carson wentz problem and the larger scale problem is I'm starting to get like serious, serious doubt on if Doug and Carson can win together. So quick question, and then you can go to the next point. But James, if I told you in the last 29 games, they're 14 and 15 as a starting duo, Doug and Carson together. Do you want to guess if you took away Washington, the wins over Washington and the New York Giants, how many of those four, like what's their record? Gonna be like uh, six and fourteen or something. God damn, you are so good at this. <laughs> six, is that I what mean, it is? Is it really? Si- yeah, it's six and sixteen or something like that. Okay, yeah, they that's are pretty good. They they are just since twenty eighteen, and I think you can look at Carson's career in two different kind of you know pre ACL post ACL. Since twenty eighteen, they only beat up on Washington and New York. Outside of that, if they play any other team besides those two, the chances of them losing are high. And honestly, blown out. Like, Minnesota blows them out. The Rams blew them out. Uh, New Orleans blew them out. I mean, like, these teams, in the NFC especially, they can never beat Seattle. They've shown no real belief. If you're in, you know, no real belief to think that they can beat any quality team in the NFC. Like, I guess Dallas, they had that win. But we all agree Dallas was not that good last year. So, the duo of Doug and Carson, like, this is a real problem that the Eagles have. They have to figure out, A, who the problem is, and B, if they can win together. Yeah, look, I, I I think that a lot of those are fair points, and I think that there's potential in both those guys, as we've seen, and I think that there's a really good chance that the two of them together don't mesh well. I mean, it does I seem don't think like, they don't. yeah, you know, it does seem like Doug wants to do one thing and Carson wants to do another thing, and um, look, I mean, after a day like today, I don't know who I want. I don't know if I want either at this point. And look, I'm not ready to bail on Carson. Again, it's been a weird offseason. You know that I always, always, always say to you, Elliot, 
that I don't put nearly as much stock in the first month of a season as others do. And that is yeah. absolutely particularly true this month of the first season. So I'm not out on anybody after the first month, but I might be out on this Eagles team after. The, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that this team might just not be good enough and not have enough depth. And, you know, to the point where I don't, I don't even know if it matters how good a season Carson can recover to have or, or what Doug can do, like to the level we want them to be like, maybe they could be like an eight and eight team or something. But even that at this point, the way it's going, it seems like it's far more likely that the season is heading in a bad direction. But again, I'm not ready to indict careers yet um, off a month after a weird COVID training camp type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But look, I, I, it is, it is the, what I will say is it is absolutely without question the most alarmed I've ever been about it and the most unsure I've ever been about these guys together and separately, you know, as well. Is this the low point of the Doug Peterson era? Look, uh, yeah, I think it has to be, right? I mean, the Bengals game was, was pre-Super Bowl, so it can't be a low point because, I mean, it was a low point of pre-Super Bowl. but It's like, a different type Bowl, of low point. Yeah, yeah, like, I think it probably is, right? I mean. I wonder know? what Jeffrey Lurie's thinking. From the box, I'm probably not he's, happy, he's man. Watching this, yeah, yeah, probably not happy. Look, it was a, a a horrendous performance today. And Jim Schwartz, let's not let him off the hook. I love Jim Schwartz. You and I have both been big proponents of him as one of the better defensive coordinators in football. But McVeigh just owned his soul today. Yeah. I mean, and and he didn't do anything different. Like he wasn't bringing pressure. He didn't like do anything to try and disrupt what they were doing. It almost felt like he was just like, oh, I'll take it. Just give it to me, Sean. Like, come on, I'll well, take it. You know, that's it's weird. A, that's, that's a tough part about talking with the about the defense is there's only, really not much to say other than Schwartz just got owned and, like, the linebackers weren't good. I mean, I didn't yeah. think there were any individually really bad performances. You could make the argument the pass rush was not great. Fletcher Cox had, I think, one play. By the way, I think he might be hurt. He had ice on his back, like, the entire game. Yeah, he well, he left the, the game for a bit. So. Yeah, and he, he came back in. So, But I don't know if there were, like, particularly bad defensive performances. They just – they had no shot. Like, they, they looked completely unprepared. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta get your take on Jalen Hurts though. Like, yeah, what? look, I, I thought you know it's funny is uh, that was the most creative part of the offense, and and he didn't even touch the ball, obviously. But um, I mean, when he came in, those seemed every single one of those plays seemed to work, you know, and uh, and it was creative, and it kind of particularly the one where he came across and it looked like they were going to pitch it to him and it was believable he could kind of be going out on a bootleg type of thing and that, you know, and they didn't. But it, it just, it worked for me. I thought it was, uh, you know, obviously gadgety and stuff. But you know what? The offense has been stale. <laughs> Again, yeah. what did we see from Doug? Especially, and, and, and you made a great point, like, at the beginning, talking about looking at what McVeigh is doing and how he just has all this motion and, and all these, you know, interesting, um, you know, formations and is doing interesting things out of different formations. And you, you look up and every time you look, it's like, wow, that guy's wide open. That guy's wide open. They're like eight yard gain, 15 yard gain, six yard gain, four yard gain. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was just, it was methodical and easy. And, and, and on the other side, it's like a, it's like a 
struggle, man. It's a struggle for this team to move the ball still. I mean, the only thing that seemed to be working at one point in the game was a Deshaun Jackson out route, which I was like, just throw that every time, I guess, because that's the only play we can freaking run that works. Like, especially yeah. after not seeing Deshaun for the first half, it felt like. It was just... Doug Peterson, again, Schwartz too, but Doug, like this was about Doug versus McVay. We talk all the time about, oh, you know, when's Doug going to get his respect as being better than McVay? 2-0 versus McVay, you know, won a Super Bowl. Today, Sean McVay looked like a way, way better coach than Doug Peterson. And again, I'm not indicting anyone yet, but today, it wasn't close. So, two words for me describe the decision to dress uh, Jalen Hurts today and use it. Desperate and embarrassing. I think that the, 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 the decision, okay, so you're telling me you couldn't have him dressed in week one. Like, you're telling me he couldn't line up in the, as an H-back and run out to the right in week one. Like, like this was your this was your big adjustment. This was from last Sunday to now what you thought was like, this is what this is what'll get us going. Like, we'll put Jalen Hurts in It's only like three plays, too. It was like, yeah, what are we it's only about? three plays. And it, it's desperate. Like, the, the idea that they think in week one this wasn't a good idea and week two it is, it just it speaks to how bad things are going on the offense right now. That this is what they thought was, like, their new innovative tool that they're, like, they're going to, everyone after this game is going to be saying, oh, look, this is why you drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Like, look how, look how creative. Like, no, we saw what happened. Like, yeah, I, you're right. Like, did it work to a certain degree? Yes. Like it got Dallas got it open over the middle. But what I know is not going to happen is they're not going to score like 30 points each week because of their big Jalen Hurts package. You know, like like this is not the answer. And also, I, I thought the timing of it was really bad. Like, so Carson struggles last week. You know, you're on the radio every single day. We were in there last Saturday for for Go Birds. You could feel the fact that people are turning on Carson, right? Like there are people are saying to themselves, Maybe Carson's not as good as we thought, and that's never happened in the city, right? So after that happens, you dress Jalen Hurts. Like, and watching Carson out there, I think mentally, like, a lot of the decisions he's making are out of desperation, like, just bad throws, trying to make things happen. Like, just he looks like a mess mentally. And you can't tell me that dressing Jalen Hurts is adding to Carson. You can't tell me this helps Carson. Now, if you want to argue, who cares about Carson's emotions? That's a different discussion. But <laughs> but 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 dressing Jalen Hurts, it's it's embarrassing and it's desperate. And I thought that it, it like it was just it I hate the idea of like gadget quarterback plays. Yeah. I think it's the biggest joke in the world. And so to do it today of all days, I just thought it was such a terrible look. Well, honestly, drafting Jalen Hurts in the first place was the real issue with Carson Wentz. And yeah, and look, like Look, I think, you know, whatever we want to say about it, it clearly, at least on some level, shows that they have questions about Wentz, whether it's health or talent. I, I don't think anyone could, could dispute that at this point. But I agree. I, I totally understand. I, when you asked me what I thought of the Hurts thing, I was like, oh, the plays worked. But, yeah, I, I totally get that. And I definitely, I'm sure it didn't help Carson. But, again, like, that sucks that, yet again, it seems like time and time again, and we don't know this for sure. This is the kind of thing that is conjecture, and we're – Look, we're basing it on evidence and, and things that are said and all that type of stuff. But, but you know, Carson Wentz does, like you said, it's a different discussion, but he does have to be mentally stronger to be able to deal with these types of things. He should not play worse. And we don't know that he did, but he should not play worse because Jalen Hurts is active. He should not well, play worse because Jalen Hurts is drafted. But 
you know, if that's the case, that's definitely an issue. And I, I understand what you're saying. I never thought they should have drafted Jalen Hurts. So this was never even a thing, you know? Well, so look, especially this year, I'm not in the Novacare. I'm not in the quarterback meeting room. Uh, I'm not in the locker room this year. But today it was especially apparent to me. I never see Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts talk. Like even on the sideline today, like Nate's not dressed. And I see Carson and Nate holding like that windows pad or whatever, like looking at the plays, like they're standing next to each other. And Jalen Hurts is like 20 yards off, either like kind of by himself or like hanging with the skill position players. Right. I, I didn't see him talking warm up. Like, and now that I think about it, I very rarely saw them talk in training camp. Like Carson Wentz and Nate Sudfeld run out together. Jalen Hurts is always last. Like, and it's not it's not Carson's job to to coach Jalen. It's not Carson's job to make sure he's coming along. But it you know, it is noticeable that they I don't really see them interact. Like he's the backup quarterback today, right? Like why it's why is it definitely noticeable. It's definitely noticeable. I mean, and, like and, they should be talking Carson they should this, be talking be every time he comes off the field, they should be sitting next to each other, they should be talking, he should be telling him what he saw, all that type of stuff. Right. Well and 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 I, I would like it's one thing very clear. I'm not blaming Carson for this. No, but no, it, no, your, I know, but but it's, it's your point. This is why you don't draft Jalen Hurts right yeah. here. Like your quarterback looks a mental mess out there on the field. You have the guy that you drafted in the second round. And, you know, I texted you this before the game. Like Carson probably dealt with the biggest backup quarterback controversy in maybe the history of football. Right. I know that guy for the Giants won it before, but this was just yeah, different, right? yeah. Like, why would you? openly welcome another quarterback controversy by dressing Jalen Hurts after a game where Carson struggles. Imagine if Jalen would have got in there today and played well. Like, like they are welcoming this. They, they are welcoming the idea. Like, last week when Carson was struggling and people were tweeting, put Jalen Hurts in, people were like, oh, well, he's not even active. Well, he was today, and he was out there on the field, and he was apparently part of their plan to get the offense that turned around, right? Like, I think Carson is a flawed quarterback. I don't think he's accurate. But at the very least, Carson has earned the right to be given the best chance to win. Carson has done everything you could ask for him as a franchise quarterback on and off the field. Was he maybe not a great leader at some points? Yes, maybe. But like he's improved in that area, right? So for you to undermine him by bringing in Jalen Hurts and then dress him today when he came off the worst week of maybe, I mean, not his career. I'm not going to go that hyperbole. But like a week where he really kind of felt it from the media. Certainly the the biggest uh, like kind of media and fan doubt in him, I would say, of his career potentially. If I'm Carson, I mean, imagine Carson like so you really struggle versus Washington. You get to practice on Wednesday and you're like, oh, Jalen Hurts is in the freaking huddle with me. Like you know what I mean? Like no, Elliot, I think you know that matters. Yeah, and I think think it it does too. With the pod, that's why I hated the I hated the pick initially, and that's why it also goes back to Howie again too. Yeah. Yeah, I get the all goes back to how and it also goes to what I started at the pod with like the Eagles sideline is not in a good place. Carson yeah. doesn't seem mentally strong right now or not even mentally strong, but he seems like a mental mess right now. We all know how Zach Gertz feels. Yep. Like Deshaun is just like the king of looking disinterested on the side. Yep. <laughs> totally. Like, Especially and, when he's not involved, if he's not yes. getting his passes. Uh, and Jason Peters, it certainly looks like that guy just showed up for the money. I mean, I, it's just I they I think they miss Malcolm Jenkins. I, I mean, that, look, that's a really fair take, Elliot. It's a really yeah. fair take. And again, like, honestly, I just think that – I just think they were always kind of destined to not be a super great team this year. You know, like, I'm, I'm 
always one to shoot for the stars with my optimism with the Eagles, as you know. But even this year, like I was nine and seven and like last team in the playoffs projection. Like, you know, that's like pretty pessimistic for me. Uh, you know, yeah, and I think that's fair. Like, but they're not really a team built for the future no, or the now. Well, that's like, the problem, and that's they don't have a ton of Howie. That's where you come back to Howie. Right. That's where you come back to Howie. But getting rid of Howie doesn't get rid of Doug or Carson. You know, like the 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 foundation of the team is here. Like you have to change something about the foundation. And Howie changing Howie to me does not change the foundation. Like Doug. Well, or I Carson, think I, like here's the thing: is the question. The point is, is now like look. Super, we all talked about the Super Bowl and how long do people get and all that. Like we are at the point now where it's like, okay, like all three of these guys should be being judged right now. Yeah. All three of these guys should be looked at, should be, you know, honeymoon's over. You know, it's time to to really judge these guys. And like you said earlier with Carson and Doug, I think you include Howie in that. I think it's all three of these guys and say, all right, who's the problem? Who's the biggest problem? And can these three work together? Can these two work together? Can these two work together? And you go through and you have to you have to figure that out because the future, certainly the near-term future, the next few years of the franchise, and, and then ultimately the long-term future of the franchise, depending on certainly the Howie part of things um, as much as anything, well, like, like is, is, in, is in the balance is my point. And, and here's a, a real scary thought that might be staring this team in the face they might not have a choice but to stick with Carson. Like, I'll be watching games sometimes, and, like, either you'll text me, or honestly, it's mostly Joe Gillio will text me. But, like, other people will text me. Of course it is. I'm sure everyone loves hearing that. Yeah, and be like, you know, like, would you take this guy over Carson? And I think to myself, I don't know, like, would this team trade for Carson? Here's what Carson could be at the end of the year. A quarterback with a huge salary, a torn ACL, a broken back, and the arrow pointing down. Like, they might not be able to trade Carson. Like, maybe you can, like, so this idea that, yeah, if you want to go to with Jalen Hurts, like that's, you know, and we're 40 minutes in the pod, so real ones only are listening now. Like, so yeah. the, especially the fact- after that loss, I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't want to, and I should not say this because I do an Eagles podcast, which you are now listening to if you're actually listening. And I, my whole life revolves around talking about this team with you know my job at the radio and all that. Like, I wouldn't want to listen to Eagles stuff right now. Like, I'm so upset. Like, I barely right. want to do this pod. I'm only doing it because I enjoy talking to you, Elliot. Yeah, Otherwise, I, I wouldn't want to do it. Like, it's but I, I get it. The point I'm make, the point I'm making about Carson is like they if you if you're listening to this pod and you're someone that doesn't think Carson is the answer or someone that is turning on Carson, well, like he's probably the quarterback for at least the next two seasons, like this one and at least the finish of 2021. It's just contractually very hard to move on from him. And let's be honest, they're never benching Carson. Like if if they bench Carson, then they're just gonna have to cut him and take the financial loss. Like you will never bench Carson. So Carson, like the the priority of the franchise needs to be figuring out how to make Carson better. And not to harp on it, but that's what makes a Jalen Hurts pick that much worse is it takes a premium (laughs) asset away from helping Carson. And it also screws with them. It also screws with them. And look, and it look as much as like, and and again, I'm not there yet. I said, I'm not making bold long-term proclamations yet about these guys, but, but if Doug and Carson just don't fit together and I have, I, you and I both have been very strong in our belief of Doug Peterson's head coach. And I think if he, I think first of all, he would get a job somewhere else if he left. Here's a Super Bowl without question. coach. Without question. And I think he would do a great job wherever he went, especially if it's the right situation with the right quarterback and all that. But, but if it does come down to it where Doug is not the person who's going to be able to get the most out of Carson, then that, that's a change that ultimately will probably be made too. So, 
Um, and again, we're again, I'm not there yet, but this is the type of stuff that like when you start off owing to the way they start off and you have the schedule you have coming up in front of you and you look the way you look and the most important player plays the way he plays like these are the type and, and the coach coaches the way he coaches like these are the, the, the discussions that are going to start being had. I mean, it sucks. Like I'm bum. Like this is such a bummer, Elliot. So let me let me end it on a positive note please this, yeah because because i'm i i'm i might be i've reached my my breaking uh yeah. point here so look there's no positives with the team but when, when we talk about <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about today right you're gonna like people listening today tonight's gonna suck it's gonna be a sad week all that but today was the home opener and i'll say that even as bad as the washington game was and as mad as people were all week it was exciting to wake up and know the Eagles were playing and to like, I came to the link. I know that obviously there, you know, there's no fans, but like we thought there might not be football. So like, even though moving forward, this team is probably not gonna be very good. I'm still super looking forward to them playing Cincinnati next week. Then they go to San Fran and all that. Like try to keep your head up in that regard and just think like the rest of the season now, you know, maybe Dallas only wins eight games, but like the rest of the season is about evaluating and just like figuring out what the future is. But at least we still get football, and honestly, that's the best I can do in terms of thinking of a positive. You know, what? it's a it's a pretty damn good one, Elliot. It really is. It's, it's a stretch uh, and a half, but you know. Yeah, but it's a good one, and we'll still have fun with fantasy and gambling on it. And look again, I'm not saying the season is over yet, but it's not looking good. I think it's no, <laughs> you know. I mean, we're we're not over territory yet. We're not, you know, uh, uh, hanging the, the Dunn, uh, you know, necklace on them or whatever you're going to call it. But um, they're uh, it's not looking good. All right, e, uh, thank you for that final positive thought. I think everyone needed it. And, and who knows? Look, it's going to be a really interesting week. We will obviously be back with more pods this week leading up to a game against the Bengals, which, look, God, that's why Dallas coming back to him was so frustrating because if Dallas could have yes. just – Unbelievable! They won that game, and it's what, what an onside kick! By the uh, way. Unbel- I mean, unbelievable! Just an unbelievable. The Eagles hard could never to believe, execute that. Hard like, to believe team, they yeah. actually won that game. But like, if they had lost, you could have been like, "All right, go beat Cincinnati." As you know, Washington, as we're recording this, who knows if they come back? But they're down twenty nothing. Um, so like, you're like, "All right, you know, just just go beat Cincinnati and figure it out from there." But um, yeah, Dallas winning kind of puts a damper on that too. But. Go beat Cincinnati, and, and uh, we're on to Cincinnati, as Bill Belichick once famously said. Yes. All right. Um, rate and review the podcast. When we get to 2005 stars review, Elliot and I are going to take the SATs and post them online. We'll read some reviews on the next pod and uh, and uh, all that type of stuff, too. Elliot sent me one that uh, that uh, made me smile, and I appreciate it. That's what it's all it. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll get into all that. And again, of course, we'll be back later this week as well. So, um, unfortunately coming to you after a loss, uh, but we will be here talking about this team, no matter how it plays out and no matter what happens. So, uh, until later in the week, uh, thank you for listening to another edition of go birds podcast presented by park sportsbook and casino. He's Elliot. I'm James. We'll talk to you guys later.